Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. January is rich with saints. And this past week, we commemorated on Sunday St. Anthony the Great, one of the fathers of monasticism, uh, like Gregory of Nyssa from the Sunday before, a father of fathers, but a father of fathers in uh, a little bit of a different key, as it were. And then we continue throughout this week, actually, with great monastic saints. Uh, we had uh, Macarios the Great, we had uh, St. Euthymios the Great, and now we have St. Maximus the Confessor who doesn't have the title great, but he probably would have had the title great if it hadn't been for the fact that he was a confessor. So what does it mean that he was a confessor? Well, what we have in St. Maximus is we have, uh, in a way, a kind of uh, Gregor Nyssa and Anthony the Great uh, have combined and become Maximus. Uh, we have a great teacher of orthodoxy, uh, and we have a great monastic saint. As you can tell, he is not vested at all in his icon because he was just a monk. He was not a priest, he was not a deacon, uh, and he was not a hierarch. He later in his Japarian says he's an adornment of hierarchs because of his teachings, but he himself uh, does not have the omophorion around his neck. But St. Maximus the Confessor uh, is known because he has also, we had Athanasius and Cyril earlier this month, a few days ago as well, uh, being like Athanasius, uh, contra mundum, against the world, that when the world seemed to turn against St. Athanasius, St. Athanasius stood firm in the truth. And so Maximus was one of the few voices in the East when there was uh, a desire to capitulate uh, about the doctrines of Christ. It was Maximus who stood up and then ended up having to uh, go all the way across the ocean to North Africa. So he lived in North Africa for a while. And he even uh, brought in uh, the Pope uh, of Rome, not the Pope of Alexandria, but the Pope of Rome, into uh, the inner Christological debates that were going on in the Greek East. So, Maximus is a bridge, he is a summation, he holds uh, many aspects within himself. Um, he also happens to be my baptismal patron saint, so I have a particular affection for Maximus and ask for his prayers besides the prophet Daniel. And St. Maximus the Confessor is the author of uh, a lot of incredible works. Uh, Many of the, most of the scholars of the 20th century, Orthodox scholars especially, will look at Maximus and say he uh, is a great kind of summation of a lot of the earlier fathers that had gone on before him. Uh, he even has a work for, uh, about Gregory the Theologian, who will be commemorating in a few days, uh, about uh, sections of Gregory that don't seem to make sense or that he will use actually to launch off into deep theological uh, speculation. By speculation, I don't mean um, useless or frivolous, but I mean uh, the depths of contemplation of God. Maximus um, stands um, ultimately for the incarnate love that we find in Jesus Christ. 
And it's his writings that we see his deep penetration of understanding who Jesus Christ is. And then that illumination that we've been talking about this entire month from Theophany on, that this illumination coming to knowledge of God also meant then a cleansing and a purification of the self. So one of the aspects of our spiritual life is uh, tools, I'll say, in the toolbox, is spiritual reading. And St. Maximus, uh, I would offer to you as a place to start reading St. Maximus, and it might be the end of where you read St. Maximus, um, is what he wrote, what are called the Centuries on Love, the Centuries um, Chapters on Love. Uh, these are the chapters on love are set in centuries, and this was a monastic uh, practice. This is a, a monastic literary genre, if you will, because what you would have in the spiritual reading I have here, and something you could Google actually, somebody has uploaded uh, a few of them, uh, the translation of the centuries on love, uh, and I, I have the, the books as well, but it's easier to, to print something off for a quick uh, reference. Uh, you have the writings of St. Maximus on love um, are contemplative. What does that mean? What it means is he writes in little paragraphs or sentences. And there are things that this is not read like a, an essay of an argument, right? Uh, this is something that you read, maybe like the Psalms. You might read a few verses of the Psalms or a whole psalm and just kind of sit with the psalm. These uh, entries, or these uh, particular sayings of St. Maximus, are incredibly, some of them are incredibly deep, and maybe we need to um, do some research around it, but a lot of them, especially in the Centuries on Love, are very challenging, because he is able to clarify what true love means. I don't mean, of course, romantic love. I mean true love as we find in our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. A love that we are to emulate and a love that we so often um, direct towards so many other things. So I'll give you an example. This is from the first century. The one who loves me, says the Lord, will keep my commandments. And this is my commandment, that you love one another. Therefore, the one who does not love his neighbor is not keeping the commandment, and the one who does not keep the commandment is not able to love the Lord. This is then followed by the 17th entry. Blessed is the man who has learnt to love all men equally. Then 18. Blessed is the man who is not attached to any corruptible or transitory thing, so we have here in these little sentences, and this one of these sentences could maybe sit with you for an entire afternoon. Do I actually love my neighbor? I say that I love my neighbor. We can think, of course, he's echoing here 1 John, right? The epistle. But then he follows it up with that learn to, learn to love all men equally. And what that means is that we're not attached to any corruptible or transitory thing. Because what usually gets in the way of us and our love for our neighbor? Often it's things. <laughs> things that we're attached to. This could be either money. He has many sentences on money. This could be all sorts of uh, things that we're inordinately attached to. You know, uh, 
I don't know, entertainment. You just go down all the list of things that we rise up above God and each other. The 27th entry, the one who has genuinely renounced worldly matters and serves his neighbor without pretense through love soon frees himself of all passion and is rendered a sharer of divine love and knowledge. Read 40. The work of love is the deliberate doing of good to one's neighbor, as well as long-suffering and patience and the use of all things in the proper way. What Maximus, in encouraging us and challenging us about our love for our neighbor, it is ultimately a purification for our love for God. That God, being love, purifies the ways that we encounter and use the world. This is part of the reason why we do things like fast. This is why we do things like uh, keeping vigil or on Saturday evenings before a Sunday Divine Liturgy that we try to keep it uh, a space that's reserved for preparation for the day that is uh, the morning that we are to receive Holy Communion. The renouncing of all the worldly matters uh, is a way for us, you could take this to extreme, this means, okay, now I need to be a monk. Not necessarily. What it means is that we use things the right way, that we use our time the right way, that we use money the right way, that we have directed our heart towards those things, and that doesn't mean that we leave behind our brothers and sisters in Christ or those who are in the world, but that we learn through stripping away things that we don't need in order to encounter the fullness of God, that we will be able to actually love those that are put in front of us. Again, the work of love is deliberate doing of good to one's neighbor. It's not an accident. It's something that we have to work on. There's many other themes that Maximus draws out, but to have spiritual reading as a a part of one's life, uh, yes, absolutely scripture. But there is also the writings of the Holy Fathers. This is part of our tradition. This is part of the ways in which we learn how to purify ourselves, to be sanctified so that we can truly love our neighbors and God. I commend to you then the writings of St. Maximus the Confessor. He's also a great intercessor. And looking at and reading slowly, surely, but surely, asking for guidance if you need it, if there's a paragraph, because some of these paragraphs start uh, dipping into some depth, uh, as a way to prepare your mind and your heart to truly use all things that God has created for the right purpose, the love of neighbor and the love of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.